0: Sound story. You're listening to the Unlimited Fantasy Football Podcast, your news for everything related to fantasy football. I'm your host, Ben Droz, and I'm going to be right here every week giving you the updates on fantasy football with injuries and what those injuries mean for your players trade advice, and who you should be picking up on the waiver wire. All that and more is right here on the Unlimited Fantasy Football Podcast. So we're going to start the show off like we always do, jumping right into the injury report. And the first injury I want to touch on is the T. Higgins injury. The Bengals' star wide receiver suffered a rib fracture in the Bengals' last game against the Titans. And NFL media is saying that it could keep him off the field for a while. Although Higgins did say the other day that he could possibly be back for this upcoming week against the Cardinals, I definitely think we should be looking at this injury as week to week. I don't think it's likely that he would play in this upcoming week. In the event that Higgins is not able to play, Ja'Mar Chase will definitely see an increase in targets as the number 1 option in the Bengals offense, but the Bengals' number 3 wide receiver, Tyler Boyd, is definitely who's going to see the biggest bump. He's going to be in those two wide receiver sets. Tyler Boyd is definitely now a high wide receiver three play for me. Other injuries to know is that the Steelers quarterback, Kenny Pickett, suffered a knee injury in their last week's loss against the Houston Texans. They're saying that it could be dealing with a bone bruise and it could sideline him this upcoming week. While he isn't ruled out, it's probably likely that they're going to play it safe. Keep him out until the Steelers week six by, so then Pickett would be back for week seven. To me, this really doesn't affect much for me. I mean, I already thought George Pickens was kind of just a flex play, and maybe this lowers his ceiling a little bit with just Trubisky if Trubisky plays this upcoming week. But, again, I just don't think there's very, very many fantasy options in the Steelers' offense, so this really just doesn't affect much for me. Javante Williams had a hip injury in their last week he was quickly ruled out in the game but they're saying that it's that it's just a hip flexor and he's not expected to miss much time if any time so this Javante Williams injury though definitely makes me a little worried just because of the fact that when Williams went out Jordan McLaughlin played outstanding for the Broncos so if you're a Javante Williams fantasy owner this could mean that we're even in more of a snap share between Javante Williams, Jordan McLaughlin, and then Samahi Piran, who comes in on third downs. So I don't think this, like, this injury isn't the biggest concern. It's that another running back in this Broncos offense has shown that he should be getting playing time, and that definitely lowers the ceiling of Javante Williams, as he could be in a three-way split. While there were other injuries to wide receivers Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, and quarterback Justin Herbert, None of them are expected, to, none of them are seen as serious, so they should be good to go this upcoming week, and they're all very much must-starts in your leagues. So the main injuries coming out of week four were T. Higgins, Javante Williams, and Kenny Pickett. So with not too many injuries to note coming out of week four, let's go right into the waiver wire, and with there not being that many injuries, the waiver wire is definitely thinner this week, but there's still plenty of options for you you pick up, definitely guys that you should be rostering in your league. The first option I'm going to look at is Jarrell McLaughlin, the Broncos' backup running back. In the event that Javante Williams is out, I see McLaughlin as an RB2 play. He was very good in the Broncos' last game. On only 10 touches, he had 19.4 fantasy points, 7 rushes for 72 yards, 3 catches for 32 yards, and a touchdown reception. Jordan McLaughlin is definitely a guy that you should be picking up if you're a Javante Williams fantasy owner, as if he is not able to go, McLaughlin could definitely be inserted into your lineup. Michael Williams is the second person I want to touch on. Michael Williams is starting to seem like he's gotten that wide receiver two role locked up in that Cardinals offense. Rondell Moore has kind of been struggling in Arizona, so Michael Wilson in the last two weeks he had only two targets, but 86 yards in week three for 10.6 fantasy points. And then in week four against the, against the San Francisco 49ers, he kind of broke out on seven targets. He caught all seven of them for 76 yards and two touchdowns, scoring 26.6 PPR fantasy points. Michael Wilson is definitely a guy that, you, that should be picked up. And the, I just see him as kind of a low-end flex play for this upcoming week, but he's still a guy that could be a bench dash. And if he keeps this production up, definitely could be inserted into lineups. I'd still probably give it another week. I wouldn't start him over one of your must starts in your lineup. But if you're in a pinch, he definitely is an option. Tyler Boyd, I kind of touched on him earlier. Tyler Boyd is going to be filling in for the injured T. Higgins. Now that Higgins suffered that rib injury, Tyler Boyd has shown in the past that he is a serviceable fantasy option when T. Higgins or Jamar Chase are injured. Tyler Boyd, in the last game, scored only 6.6 fantasy points, but he got seven targets. So that's the main thing. It's going to be the targets. While I'm not expecting him to go out there and be scoring 20 fantasy points, he is definitely going to be a flex option for your team just because this Bengals offense is going to have to throw the ball. And they're also going against a very weak Arizona defense. This could be the week the Bengals offense gets back on track. I definitely see Boyd as a flex option for your team. The first quarterback I want to touch on that is still on waiver wires is CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud has been the best rookie quarterback so far this year. Stroud, has scored at least 20 fantasy points in each of the past three weeks, scored 21, 20, and then 22 in this last week. Stroud has been on fire, and there is no signs of him slowing down as his next matchup against, against the Falcons. He's definitely a top 10 option at the quarterback position, in my opinion. I think C.J. Stroud has been excellent. He should definitely be in lineups, especially if you were a guy that drafted Joe Burrow, CJ Stroud is definitely a guy that you should be looking to pick up and replace for Joe Burrow, who has kind of been dealing with that cap injury, and the Bengals' offense has been suffering because of it. I now want to touch on two Packers wide receivers, both Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed. Both of these guys are are looking like they can be could be flex plays for you. Dobb, this Packers offense has kind of going into a three way split between Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Jaden Reed Dobbs right now is the number 16 fantasy wide receiver. He has averaged 15.1 fantasy points this year. He has scored at least 18 fantasy points in three of the four weeks. I definitely see him as a flex play. He should definitely be on rosters, especially in his matchup against the Raiders. He's likely a high end wide receiver three for your team. He should definitely be on rosters and likely could be played. Jaden Reed has also been very good so far. This year for the Packers, Jaden Reed, a little bit younger, but maybe hasn't been as good as Dobbs, but I still see him as a guy that especially against the Raiders could be a flex play. He had 19.7 fantasy points in week two against the Falcons. And then in this last week, he had 10.5, five targets, three catches, 55 yards against the Raiders. I see both Dobbs and Reed as flex options. New York Giants wide receiver Wandale Robinson was kind of the lone bright spot in the Giants' loss against the Seahawks this last week. He had six targets for five catches, 40 yards, for 9.7 fantasy points. While that maybe doesn't seem like a lot, Robinson could easily find himself as the wide receiver one in this Giants offense because they just don't have much talent at wide receiver or much at all in this offense. Robinson could definitely find himself in flex territory if he continues to keep up his good play. He's going against Miami this week, definitely a game where the Giants are likely going to have to be throwing the ball a lot. And it gets the Miami offense that kind of just shut down against the Buffalo, against the Buffalo Bills. Dolphins defense has not looked stout this year, even though it is a Fick Fangio defense. Robinson could be, in a pinch, a fringe flex play, but I definitely just see him as a bench stash right now, but he should definitely be rostered in your leagues. Tajay Spears still is taking work away from Derrick Henry, even though Derrick Henry had a great showing in the last week, and I'll touch on him more later. Tajay Spears is still a guy that I think you need, that needs to be rostered in fantasy leagues, especially if you're a Derrick Henry owner. If Derrick Henry gets an injury, Spears is going to be a guy that's going to be a must start in fantasy leagues. Spears is kind of, it's kind of almost been a 50 50 split in the snaps between Derrick Henry and Tajay Spears. Just because of the sheer workload that he is getting and taking away from Derrick Henry, the Titans obviously like him. He should definitely be rostered. Josh Down Downs for the Colts I touched on him last week. I want to touch on him again this week. While he didn't have a great week last week, He should still be rostered in fantasy leagues. This is a Colts offense with Anthony Richardson, who has looked very good. And if Richardson's going to keep looking his way, he is going to get targets. He's going to be scoring. The last wide receiver I want to touch on for waiver wires is Josh Downs. While Downs didn't have a great game in the Colts' loss against the Rams this last week, he only had three targets for two catches for 34 yards, 5.4 fantasy points. Downs is still a guy that should be rostered and stashed on benches just because he has solidified this wide receiver two role in this offense. And if Anthony Richardson just keeps getting better and better and more and more comfortable in this offense, I think it's going to allow Downs to be a flex play in fantasy leagues. He should definitely be stashed on rosters. My last waiver wire pickup I want to touch on is Joshua Dobbs. I did not think that I would touch on Dobbs at all this year when I found out that he was the starting quarterback for the Cardinals. I was kind of like, well, that hurts Brown's ceiling until Kyler Murray comes back, but Dobbs has been very good. He is right now the quarterback 15. He has played excellent so far for the Cardinals. He scored, if you take away his week one where he only had one fantasy point, he has scored 25 17 and 23 fantasy points in the last three weeks. And two of those defenses were against the Cowboys and the 49ers, seen as two of the best defenses in the league. He now goes against the Bengals. And I definitely think, like, if you're a Joe Burrow fantasy owner, like I, I keep touching on Burrow, Dobbs is a guy that I honestly would play above Burrow this week. I just, I mean, Dobbs has shown that he's had some rushing upside. He's He's been r- running the ball a lot. He had 55, 48. 41 rushing yards in these over, over these past three weeks. Dobbs is definitely a guy that's showing. he kind of has that two-way versatility in the rushing game and passing game. He has been leading his Cardinals offense very well, and I definitely see him as kind of, as we get into these bye weeks, he could be a streaming option as we go further into the season. So let's now jump into my winners and losers out of week four, and we're we'll first touch on the winners. And my first winner out of week four is Puka Nakua. And he's just kind of been a winner this entire season. But I specifically want to point him out first, just because after week three, when the Rams went against the Bengals, he had only, only 12.2 fantasy points, five catches for 72 yards. And people were like disappointed, saying like, oh man, as soon as Cooper Cup comes back, he's not going to be anything. That's just not true. And the Rams last game against the Colts, He had 10 targets, 9 catches for 163 yards, and scored his first touchdown. Only having one touchdown, he is currently the wide receiver of four in fantasy right now. That is just absolutely insane from a rookie right now. Nakua, even when Cooper Cup comes back, or if he comes back this upcoming week, Nakua for me is still a top 15 to 20 option at the position depending on matchups. I still see him as a high-end wide receiver, too. If anything, I mean, I don't have him on my buy lows, but Pukunokua is a guy that, like, if, you're, if the fantasy owner is, like, trying to just move him because he's worried about Cooper Cup and you're able to get him for kind of a cheap price, I would do it. I would, if I was a Pukunokua owner, which I am in one league, if I was a Pukunokua owner, I would, I'm only going to move him for a wide receiver one like the elite wide receivers. That's the only person I'm moving him for. I just don't think Cooper Cup coming back is going to take him off of this historic pace. I definitely think it's going to hurt him a little bit. I'm not expecting him to be scoring 30 fantasy points every week. But, I mean, we've seen that Robert Woods in 2021 was a wide receiver too in fantasy, even with Cooper Cup in that offense. I I don't think Cooper Cup is going to be as dominant coming back from injury this year. I don't think he's going to be his triple crown self when he's the top wide receiver in fantasy. I just don't see that happening. I think it's going to be pretty even between Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup in this season, but especially for these first couple of weeks, I still, I'm going to have Puka Nakua rated above Cooper Cup. Not that it really matters because if you have both, you're going to start both, but I still see Nakua as a top 15 to 20 option at the position He's a guy that you should definitely not just be looking to trade away just because you're worried about Cooper Cup. I definitely... I mean, if anything, Cooper Cup's probably not going to... Like, he's probably going to be eased in this upcoming week. And, I mean, so Puken Kua probably have a pretty good performance. And you can... I mean, and then if you do want to trade him away because you still are, still are worried, you could be like, hey, man, Nukua is still going to be good even with Cooper Cup in this offense. Trade him away if you want to do that. I still think... Nikula is a guy that you need to keep on your roster unless someone is willing to give you in a week wide receiver for him, which people probably won't. My second winner out of week two is Isaiah Pacheco. Isaiah Pacheco is kind of, he's starting to turn into one of the best pieces in this Chiefs offense. He is currently the number 13 fantasy running back. He had, after not hitting double digits in fantasy, fantasy points the first two weeks, he has scored and 24.8 fantasy points in the last two weeks. And this last week against the Jets, he had 20 carries for 115 yards and a touchdown. Also adding three catches for 43 yards. He is definitely showing that he could be a high-end RB2 on your team. I kind of want to pump the brakes on him a little bit because, I mean, the Chiefs are just always a team that they're going to use Jordan McKinnon That was hilarious, just never going to go away because of what they did, what draft capital they used on him. So, I mean, again, there's going to be times where he's going to get touchdowns vultured from him, but I still see Pacheco as a very good RB2 for your team, and he showed that in this last week in the Chiefs' win against the Jets. My third winner out of week four is a winner from last week, a player who broke out last week, the rookie running back Devon A. Chain, A-Chain has just been a touchdown machine over these past two weeks, and it's honestly been crazy how he has turned around expectations for himself. A-Chain, after being inactive in week one, and then in week two only having one carry for five yards, had 51 fantasy points in week three, and then came back and scored 27 fantasy points in the Dolphins' loss against the Bills this last week. While we only had eight carries, he had 101 yards, two touchdowns, adding three catches for 19 yards on top of that. Again, I don't see A-Chain as an RB1. I still just see him as a RB2, especially with Jeff Wilson coming back this week. It could be like a three-way split. I definitely think A-Chain will likely get the most work. But if you're Raheem Mostert, Fantasy owner, this is definitely worrisome, in my opinion, just because he's already – I mean, he's shown that he is the most talented running back in this backfield for the Dolphins, and I don't even feel like it's close. Not that Moser is a bad running back at all. I I think he's a very good running back for this Dolphins team, and he's going to keep a role. But I think Moser is going to go to just a flex play, and Devon A-Chain is going to be the RB2 play in fantasy. A-Chain is going to be – he's a big play machine – touchdown machine. He's the most talented running back in this offense. I think as the season goes on, he's just going to get more and more work. A-Chain was definitely a winner out of week four. My fourth winner coming out of this week was the entire Bears offense. The Bears offense through the first three weeks was putrid. They were showing no signs of life. Justin Fields wasn't playing good. DJ Moore wasn't playing good. The rushing attack just wasn't very good. Just The offense just wasn't doing anything Anything from a fantasy aspect. And honestly, from in the NFL, I mean, they just weren't putting up very many points. And then they played the Broncos in Week 4. In the Bears' Week 4 loss against the Broncos, while they did lose, Justin Fields had 27 fantasy points. DJ Moore had 27 fantasy points. Cork Met had 27 fantasy points. And then Quir Herbert, added 22.2 fantasy points. While I think this is more I don't I'm not going to say this is like indicative of the Bears offense that this offense is like amazing now. I think this is the Broncos defense is just terrible. The Broncos defense, if you have a player that is going against the Broncos defense, you should probably play them cuz they're probably going to play very good. The Broncos defense hasn't been able to stop anything they out seventy fantasy points against the. They seven points, seventy points against the Dolphins in Week Three, and then in Week Four, they let the Bears' offense finally get back on the track. So I think the main takeaway from this is if somebody is going against the Broncos, play those players. So that is why the Broncos are playing the Jets this upcoming week, and I have Brees Hall as a buy low. I'll touch more on that later. My last winner coming out of this week is Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson, after having a concussion and not starting in the Colts last game last week, he came in this week and started off slow. It definitely was not the best start to the game, but Richardson in the second half led the Colts on a comeback. He forced the game into overtime, and while they did lose against the Rams, Anthony Richardson had an absolutely amazing performance. He scored 29.6 fantasy points. He had 200 passing yards for two passing touchdowns, 56 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown on top of that. While he did lose a fumble, I don't think the Colts are worried about that. Anthony Richardson has been everything they could have wanted from him, and he's only going to get better. He hasn't even reached his potential at all. If you have Anthony Richardson in fantasy, you likely got him at a huge discount in the draft, probably – Only had to spend like at, I mean, at the earliest, like a nine, like pick in like the 90s at the very earliest. Like anything Richardson, you got him very late. He has been outstanding. He is definitely a top 10 play at the position. Richardson is a must start in fantasy for the rest of the season. So let's now dive into my losers coming out of week four. My first loser is, I touched on him a little bit earlier, Raheem Mostert. While I still think Mostert for these first couple of weeks is likely probably going to get more of a snap share, Raheem Mostert is definitely not going to be the top fantasy play in this backfield. I still think this is a Dolphins backfield. that I mean, I think both Mostert and A-Chain are both fantasy plays for this upcoming week, but I think Mostert, as the season goes on, is going to get less and less playing time, especially as A-Chain gets more and more playing time and Jeff Wilson comes back from his injury. I just, I mean, I hope you listened before I was saying Moser was a sell-high, trade him, trade him. He's not an RB1 in fantasy, and he showed that this week. George Pickens is my second loser coming out of week four. Pickens did not have a great performance against the Texans. and I mean, neither did the entire Steelers offense, but George Pickens in particular was definitely disappointing. Pickens in the last week he had well, he did have seven targets, which is great. He only had three catches for twenty-five yards, only five point five fantasy points. And now Kenny Pickett is hurt. George Pickens in this up in this next game. I mean, I just see him as a low-end wide receiver three, maybe a flex play. Like I just I I don't have very much many very much expectations for George Pickens this week. And then. I mean, eventually, Deontay Johnson's going to come back from his injury, and that's only going to hurt George Pickens even more in fantasy. So George Pickens is definitely a guy that probably want to test out the trade market, see what you can get for him, but I definitely think you should try to be moving off of him as I think his best days in fantasy this year are kind of behind him. I still, like, really like George Pickens as a player. I think he's very talented. I just think in fantasy right now, this is – it's not a very good student's offense. And with Deontay Johnson coming back, he's only going to take more targets away from Pickens. Miles Sanders is my third loser coming out of week four. And I mean, from everything that Frank Wright and everyone in this Panthers offense was saying at the beginning of the year, saying Miles Sanders is our three is our three down back. He's going to be our workhorse. He's going to be the main guy. That just really hasn't happened. Well, I mean, the carries he's getting is decent. I mean, he's gotten 18, 14, 9, and 13. I mean, like, those aren't terrible. These are just, like, low-end RB2 numbers. Sanders is kind of, well, I didn't think this was going to happen. He's kind of a touchdown-dependent RB2. Definitely kind of a disappointment from what I thought at the beginning of the year, thinking he will probably get, I mean, I thought Miles Sanders would be a capable pass catcher. Bryce Young being a young quarterback, like, we're going to have to check it down a lot. I was thinking Miles Sanders could get a lot of involvement in the passing game and I was thinking he would get all the goal line work, but Chubba Hubbard is kind of taking more work away from Sanders than I thought he would. And I think Hubbard is likely going to make this, honestly, a 50-50 split as the season goes on. I think Hubbard is a guy that if he's on the waiver wires, definitely should think about picking him up. But Sanders is definitely a guy that I think you should probably also be trying to move just because of the fact that I mean, I think his best days, again, for fantasy are behind him. If he scores a touchdown, great. He'll probably be startable that week. But if he doesn't, it's probably going to be tough. I mean, the Panthers' next game is against Detroit. I would keep Sanders until then. Hope he gets in the end zone. And then if he does, I would trade him away. My fourth loser out of week four is Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has definitely not been what we thought he would be this season. Joe Burrow, through four weeks, is the quarterback 31 in fantasy. He is only averaging 7.9 fantasy points. While he did have 15 fantasy points in week two against the Ravens, the other weeks he has had 3, 8, and 4.7. This, these are just tough numbers, and it's hard to just keep rolling them out there in fantasy. But if you don't have any better, better options, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you definitely don't want to be trading him right now when his value is at an all-time low. It's just the fact that, like, there's just not much you can do. You hope, like, if there's a Joshua Dobbs on the the waiver wire, if C.J. Stroud is still on the waiver wire, I would try to pick them up, play them over Joe Burrow. But this is kind of one of those things that you just got to ride the wave. You just got to ride and hope that Burrow is able to get over this injury and start performing better. But this could be a deal that's like the Justin Herbert last week for the chart, not not last week, last year for the Chargers, where he was kind of doing with that rib injury and it kind of just hurt him all last year. We could kind of be seeing the same thing with Joe Burrow this year, but the Bengals do play the Cardinals next week. Hopefully that is a get right week for not only Burrow, but this entire Bengals offense. My last loser out of week four is Javon, is Javante Williams. Javante Williams, I think, I mean, one, he was injured. Definitely tough. But they're saying he should, he could easily play this upcoming week. So that is a good sign. Happy to hear that. But Jordan McLaughlin showed that he needs to get playing time. So it's likely going to be, like, front in the first and second down and those rushing downs, Javante Williams and McLaughlin are likely going to split those. I mean, honestly. And then Samahi Pughnye is probably going to play a lot of the third downs, but Javante Williams is definitely just touchdown dependent. He has got, I mean, he's gotten some nice work in the passing game, which is definitely nice to see. Like he's gotten, I mean, in, in these, over these past four weeks, he's gotten four, two, two, and three catches and last week he didn't play very much when he played in the first quarter and he still had three catches like that's good to see but I just the ceiling is definitely lower now just because he's not getting enough rushing volume receiving can only receiving volume can only take you so far especially when he's not like this Broncos offense isn't scoring that much and when they do I mean it's been like the wide receivers Judy Sutton Mims like those like Russell Wilson is looking at those guys when they get in the red zone. It's not Javante Williams. It's not the running backs. So McLaughlin showed that he needs to get played, and it's going to make it a split. Javante Williams definitely was a loser out of week four. So let's now jump into my last but favorite segment of the show, which is my trade advice. I'm going to give you five buy lows and five sell highs. And we we'll are jump into the buy lows first. My first buy low is Brees Hall. Brees Hall was encouraging for me last week. While he didn't, while the like fantasy point total was not going to jump out at you at all, while he only had 9.9 fantasy points in the Jets' last game against the Chiefs, what was intriguing to me was his utilization in the passing game and his big playability. He had six carries, but 56 rushing yards. And now the Jets play Denver. I think this is Brees Hall's breakout game this year. The Broncos haven't been able to stop anybody, especially in the run game. I could see Brees Hall scoring easily two touchdowns this week as long as Dalvin Cook doesn't vulture either one of them. I think Brees Hall will have his best fantasy week of the year this week. I definitely think you should trade for him before this week before he breaks out. Brees Hall is my first buy low. My second buy low is Jaylen Waddle. Jalen Waddle has definitely been disappointing this year for fantasy managers that drafted him. He is currently the wide receiver 55 in fantasy, although he did miss one week. He is averaging 10.9 fantasy points, which isn't terrible, but you drafted him as like a wide receiver one in fantasy here. Like, that is what we expect him to be, and he hasn't been that so far. But this is still he's still in the Dolphins offense, which is arguably the best offense in the league. Maybe the 49ers offense should be put above them. But Waddle is eventually gonna get going. Like I just this is I can't see a world with this this is just what he's gonna be. He's gonna just be like low-end wide receiver too. I just I don't see that. Waddle showed last year that he is a top ten play at the position. Waddle is definitely a wide receiver one in fantasy. Maybe not right now, but he will get back there. I would definitely trade for him if you're in need of a wide receiver. My third buy low for this week is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is getting the volume. He's getting the work, but it just hasn't showed up in fantasy on the point totals. Through four weeks, Joe Mixon is the RB20. He's averaged 11.6 fantasy points. But for me, he is a low-end RB1. I think for the rest of the season, I have him as a low-end RB1. Joe Mixon is getting the volume. He's getting more work this year than he did last year. It's just that the Bengals offense has just been so inept that it's hurting Joe Mixon as well as all everybody in this Bengals offense. But if anything, even if this Bengals offense doesn't get back to what it was last year, which I just... It's going it, to, it just has to eventually. Joe Mixon is still going to be an RB1 play for me. He just has to get in the end zone. He just hasn't gotten in the end zone. He's getting the work. The work is there. Like, volume is king in fantasy. And if you just keep getting the volume, keep getting the volume, it's eventually going to turn into fantasy output. I would trade for Mixon right now before the Bengals go against the Cardinals, a weak Cardinals defense. I think Mixon is a buy-low candidate for this week. My fourth buy-low candidate is Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne wasn't bad this last week by any means, but definitely wasn't like the RB1 that we thought he'd be. He, But he did have 20 carries, but only 55 yards, 10.2 fantasy points. You want to see more work in the passing game. While he did have three catches, you want to see more from him, but... Again, this Jaguars offense hasn't been as bad as the Bengals, but again, I still think we haven't seen the ceiling of this offense. So I think Travis Etienne is a buy low candidate. I see him as an RB1 this week and as an RB1 this year, and he's only going to get better. As the Jaguars offense gets better, as they get Calvin Ridley more integrated, Trevor Lawrence gets better. Travis Etienne is a buy-low candidate for me. My last buy-low candidate... Out of this week is Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson coming into this year, we seen as a huge breakout candidate. People were saying that he was a better value than Terry McCorn. He's going to break out this year. He's going to do better than McCorn. While I didn't agree with that, as I had Terry McCorn rated pretty high coming into this year, I still did believe Jahan Dotson was a breakout candidate in this offense that I thought was going to be pretty good with Eric Biennemi and Sam Howell leading the way. But it hasn't translated yet for Dotson in fantasy. Through four weeks, Dotson is only the wide receiver 60 in fantasy, averaging 7.8 fantasy points. But he did just come off his best performance of the year this last week against the Eagles. He had nine targets, bringing in four of them for 27 yards and grabbing a touchdown along the way for 12.7 fantasy points. While this maybe doesn't seem like a buy low because this was his best performance of the year, I think this is only a sign of things to come. Dotson is, I mean, he showed last year, he is kind of, he's a touchdown machine. He is the deep threat in this offense. Terry McLaurin is probably going to see more targets this season, but Dotson has the big playability. He's more likely to find the end zone. And Sam Howell, as he gets more integrated into this offense, is going to look his way more and more. I would buy Jahan Dotson now while his value is low before he gets to be that high-end wide receiver three in fantasy. I think Jahan Dotson, his best performance is yet to come. I would buy Jahan Dotson now while his value is low. So let's now jump into my sell highs coming out of week four. And My first sell high, I kind of touched on him a little bit earlier, is Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin has been... Pretty good this year. Hasn't been great so far. He is wide receiver 27 currently, averaging 13.6 fantasy points. And he's coming off of the best performance so far this year. Against the Eagles, he had 22.6 fantasy points. While those numbers are kind of skewed a little bit because he had a fumble recovery for a touchdown after Brian Robinson dove for the end zone and lost it. And Terry McLaurin recovered it for a touchdown. So that kind of skewed the numbers a little bit but he still had an overall very good game, had 10 targets, bringing in eight of them for 86 yards. But I would move him now if people think he is like a high-end wide receiver too, because I think his past, his first two performances are kind of more of what you should expect from him. I think Terry McLaurin is more of like, if he finds the end zone, he's probably going to get like 16 to 20 fantasy points. But if he doesn't, It's probably going to be more like 10, which is like, I mean, it's not terrible. Like, it's still like definitely like startable. But if you can get the right value for Terry McLaurin, I would think about selling high on him before Jahan Dotson, before Howell gets more of a connection with Jahan Dotson. Because, again, like I said earlier, I see Dotson as more of the touchdown machine in this offense. And I think McLaurin. He's going to have to get targets. If he gets 10 targets a game, he is definitely going to be a high-end wide receiver, too. I just don't know if he's going to get that, just because this is a team that's going to want to run the ball with Brian Robinson. They really like him. And this is a team that not only has Jahan Dotson, who's their deep threat, but they have Curtis Samuel, who they also want to get integrated and involved in this offense. So I would move Terry McLaurin now, while his value is decently high coming off of the last three weeks. He had 16, 10, and now 22 fantasy points. I would move him now if you can get the right value. My second sell high coming out of this week is Alexander Madison. Madison has, so far this year, is RB19, averaging 11.7 fantasy points. This last week, he had 10.8 fantasy points. He did rush 17 times for 95 yards, which is like good numbers. We want to see that. But again, He's likely touchdown dependent. If he doesn't find the end zone, he's likely going to have a tough time unless it is a very soft matchup like it was against the Chargers a couple weeks ago. But what worries me about Madison is because Cam Akers is going to get more and more involved in this offense. And I honestly kind of can see it as like a 55 to like 45 split. Like it's going to be a very even split in this backfield as like, Kevin O'Connell, there's a reason that they wanted to get Cam Akers, and that's because they wanted another option in this backfield. They're going to use Cam Akers. Kevin O'Connell likes Cam Akers. That's why he wanted them to trade for him. I would move now while Alexander Madison's value is decently high because, I mean, the running back market is very thin. You can likely get a decent return for Madison, and I would jump on it before Akers gets more involved in this offense and Madison's value goes down. My third sell high coming out of week four is Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is coming off of a very, very, very good performance. He had 22 fantasy points in the Titans' last game. But what worries me about Derrick Henry is the touches that Spears is taking away from him. And I had him as one of my waiver wire pickups. In the, I mean, Derrick Henry did just have 22 carries, 122 rushing yards, threw for a touchdown, rushed for a touchdown, which, I mean, that is totally Derrick Henry style. But if there's still someone that sees him as one of the elite running backs, I would honestly think about maybe moving him. Well, I know it's like when you have a very good player like Derrick Henry, sometimes you kind of just want to stick with him and ride him out. But if you can get really high value for him, I would, I would, I would jump on it just because Tyus Spears is going to get touches. Like, it, it's honestly been a pretty even split. But, I mean, because this offense runs the ball so much, like, Derrick Henry is still an RB1 in fantasy, but I see him more as, like, a low-end RB1. If there's someone that sees him, like, as the elite, like, top, like a top three running back, I wouldn't move off of Derrick Henry if you can get a King's Ransom for him. But if not, definitely could just keep rolling him out in your lineup. Wouldn't be opposed to that. Either my fourth sell high is Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, so far through four weeks, is the wide receiver 24, averaging 13.9 fantasy points. In the over the last three weeks, after only having 1.9 fantasy points in week one, he has scored 22, 15.4, and 16.4 fantasy points. What concerns me though is that I think this is an offense that. I mean, Calvin Ridley is still the top dog in this offense, in my opinion. While I do think Christian Kirk in the SWAT is going to get a decent amount of targets, Zay Jones has been out these last two weeks. And because of that, it has kind of helped Christian Kirk. Right now, Christian Kirk is kind of being seen as a wide receiver two, while I see him more as a kind of boomer bust wide receiver three. I think Christian Kirk, if you can move him and get wide receiver to value, I would jump on it before Zay Jones comes back from his injury and Calvin Ridley gets better as he gets more and more point in time in this offense. I would move Christian Kirk now while his value is decently high coming off of three very good performances. He now is going to go against Buffalo, a defense that will likely slow him down. I would move him before Ridley and Jones come back and play better. My last so high candidate coming out of this week is Nico Collins. Nico Collins so far this year is the number seven fantasy wide receiver. He has averaged 20.7 fantasy points and it's coming off of his best performance of the year in the Texans last game against the Pittsburgh Steelers where they won. Nico Collins had seven catches for 168 yards and two touchdowns for 35.8 fantasy points. But... I would move off of him now while people were super hyped about him because of the fact that I still think Tank Dell and Nico Collins are very even. I think Tank Dell and Nico Collins are both high-end wide receiver threes. CJ Stroud has been great. I think he can support both of them as fantasy wide receivers, but I just don't see Nico Collins as, I mean, right now he is the number seven wide receiver. He is not the seventh best wide receiver in fantasy. He's going to come back down to earth a little bit. Especially, I mean Tank Dell didn't have a great performance last week. But again, I think this is like whose week is it gonna be? Tank Dell is gonna have a week like this, and then Nico Collins is gonna have a game where he only has like six fantasy points. So again, it's he's gonna be a little bit of boomer bust. So I would move Nico Collins if you can get kind of a King's ransom for him. So with that, we will wrap up this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Unlimited Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure if you have any fantasy questions to email unlimitedfantasyfootball at gmail.com and I will get back to you and answer your questions. But with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode. Make sure to tune in next week for Week 5 Recap. I'll be right back here next week. Don't go anywhere. Make sure to tune in. Thanks for listening.